I stepped into a, a church one last time, and that was with uh, Becca and her dad. And, you know, the pastor knew the situation, the situation, I use air quotes with that, uh, doesn't say anything to us when we get there. And then, like, service is going on, and uh, it's time to do communion. And he, he says, like, all families should come up together and do communion together. And he's singing with the worship band and they're going along and we're just kind of sitting there. And like, I wasn't planning on, you know, taking communion or anything, but Becca's dad, you know, taps Becca on the knee and she taps me and then we're, we're going up together to take communion. And like, just no joke. The mat, the, the pastor like legit, like does like mic drop, drops the microphone, comes over and it's not like a very big church. And like, announces loudly like i'm sorry you can't take communion you guys are are knowingly and purposefully living in sin more Welcome to the Lenses Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Lenses Podcast. And this is a part two with Melissa Opal. Melissa, I'm just, I'm so excited to be back talking again. Yeah, thanks for having me back again. It's fun. Yeah, so I, I kind of abruptly cut us off last time. And like, okay. you, were, you were almost <laughs> mid-sentence and I was like, whoa, time out, time out. And we left on a cliffhanger. Um, yeah. I had expected to come in and have a, a full conversation with you about Buddhism and, and how, you know, how that happened. We got a, a we got an amazing story of your life, and uh, but we we didn't really get to the the Buddhism part of it, and right. so when we left off last time, you were mentioning that uh, we're not mentioning you you said that uh, you know that you and Becca almost divorced a, a few years ago or a number of years ago, yeah, and that's part of what led you into Buddhism, and that's when I went well. Time out. Let's start. <laughs> so the so everybody has been waiting on pins and needles to to hear w you know where we pick up from here because you and Becca are are very much still married, which is awesome. Yes. So we we kind of know where this story is headed, right? But yes. but we don't know how you get there. And I am I am waiting on pins and needles to to hear the remainder of the story because I intentionally have not followed up with you since then. <laughs> right. Other than to say we need to go get a beer together sometime. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I would love it if you would just pick up right there and uh, yeah. and let's just keep going with the story. And today we'll let yeah, it go absolutely. as long as it needs to. We don't have a cutoff time. Okay. Um, just to to hear the, the you know the full story that you want to share with us today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we said. Almost divorced. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I'll say to you that on Saturday, uh, Becca and I celebrated our 17th like dating anniversary awesome. together. Our 10th uh, Washington State like commitment ceremony cool. uh, anniversary. And I think it's like the seventh um, 
federal uh, marriage. Legally, so that's legally kind of the, betrothed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the fun part of uh, being gay is like, you know, we would have gotten married probably 17 years ago. Yeah. and uh, But we had to, you know, wait and, um, you know, shout out to all the allies that helped yeah. uh, make that a possibility, all the people that fought uh, for that. So, yeah, it was kind of fun. Yeah, so, so yeah, I you know, I went back and, and listened to the episode because I, you know, I felt kind of all over the place, uh-huh. like when we were having our conversation. And uh, so I, you, you did a great job editing because I felt like <laughs> it was coherent. So I appreciate that. Um, and, you know, one of the things that that I was kind of thinking about afterwards was, oh, man, what if my, you know, my parents listened to this? Or oh, uh, yeah, what if, yeah. um, you know, like the 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 gal from InterVarsity, you know, listens to it. Cause she's actually in my back in my life right now. Ah, okay. And um, so I had that like kind of feeling of, um, Oh, you know, I really, I guess I want to make sure that I, I say this before we launch into mm. the rest of the story is, um, you know, a couple of different things, which is, you know, I, I absolutely love my parents. They're just different yeah. than, than I am. And I don't really know. And I think, when we get into the Buddhism story, I think it's taught me how to view these situations differently. Mm. And, you know, I have a ton of respect for my mom and especially my stepdad. My, my stepdad, I think, might be just one of the best people I know. And he's mm. a devout Catholic mm. and, uh, you know, he's just a good guy. And I so I hope if they listen to it or if people feel like maybe I don't like my parents, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that they know that that. Well, yeah, maybe we'll get into it more in Buddhism, but just that I love them, I think, too. Um, yeah, I appreciate but- that you're you're saying that. I, and this is something that I actually run up to a decent bit in these because the, you know, what I what I do on this podcast is I invite people to to tell their stories. And stories yeah. are raw. I mean, stories yes. aren't I mean, you, you can polish a story, you can shine it up and clean it up and take out the, you know, lots of heavy editing of your life story and all that kind of stuff. And it ends up being less impactful. I mean, it's because because yeah. it's everybody knows that a real life story has the the roller coaster, right? It has the ups and yeah, downs. Exactly. It has the difficulties. It has the tragedies. It has the joys. It has all those kinds of things. And I and I think that what I have witnessed in in all these conversations that I've been having is that your story is just your story. It, it's your story is not a judgment, right? Um, it's right. just your story. And so, and, yeah. and some, you know, and I know that, that there's that potential for people to, to take offense or to, you know, to be hurt by certain things or whatever. And it's just, we, you know, we, we know that it's, but it's, that's not the intent that the intent is just, yeah. it's the story. And, and we learn from our stories so that, and we learn from the, those difficult things too, you know? So, but I, I, I so appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that there's room in those stories for people to change. Yeah. Like just because, you know, if you think about it from like a character standpoint, right? Yeah. Like we all have, we all have kind of like our, our trajectory or our, our, our plot points yeah. and, and, you know, our character development and growth. And that includes, you know, the people that hurt us. Yeah as well yeah. like they they also are on their own journey and have their own story and and i think that i i really thought about that a lot when i was um listening to like my descriptions of the gal from InterVarsity, mm. the the leader because the reality is 
is I was that person. Mm. Like I, like I'm, I'm definitely part of somebody else's story and they view what they went through or how they experienced that time in their life in the same way that I view that experience in mine. And like, you know, when I look back at my time in inner varsity, like I'm, I'm ashamed of who I was as a person. Mm. I, uh, I don't look back at my time with them positively. I look at it with a lot of regret Mm. and because I know that I was that staunch Christian that was like, you'll like this way or no way. Um, and just as impactful as some of the things that people said to me, Mm. I I know I did the same thing. And so she, in my opinion, was kind of in a unwinnable position, right? Like here you're employed by this, this company, even though you're fundraising for your own salary, (laughs) but like, but you're, you're in the middle of all these other people that have that same thought process and you're under the same sort of, thumb that I felt like I was under yeah. and, and manipulation. And, uh, you know, I, I think that I just wanted to make sure that I guess I said it, yeah. uh, more than anything yeah, that's, I appreciate uh, before, that. that's great. before we moved yeah. on, uh, it makes me feel better. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Uh, that's my selfish self right there. Um, so yeah, so, so Becca and I, you know, that time period from her and I first getting together until, you know, till this day, but especially like those first 10 years together, um, they were just super rough. Like all these people in in both of our lives, uh, just, you know, a few people tried to still be friends with us, but they just couldn't get over it. Mm. Um, we had some hate mail sent to our house, uh, a formal, a former church person, person showed up at our house with a life ring, like offering us like, uh, like the life ring was supposed to be like Jesus or, or something. Yeah. And, um, you know, like people, they thought that they were doing what was best. Yeah. Uh, but the, the hurt just really like piled yeah. on. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, I got, and, you know, I started cutting people out of my life before they could cut me out. Mm. Then um, I stopped talking to like friends from high school. Uh, I stopped like, most of my college friends uh except for like one at the time like they were they were done they're like nothing to do with a a gay person um so lots of credit to my one friend maria like her and i've been friends now like 20 some odd years she she was really at the time the only person that i guess really fought for our friendship Mm. um but like and even you know we were talking a little bit after the podcast last week like there's like i've run into people from that used to go to summit ridge and it's like i don't exist i'm invisible to Mm. them had that experience multiple times and then on top of it like becca and i are having to deal with uh what it what it means to be gay in spokane and like that was its own issue you know like can we hold hands can we you know just all sorts of stuff and then and then there's and then like you pull in like family stuff uh things weren't weren't good with our families for a while but you know thankfully we've come out on the other side of that now mm, today good. um but i mean it was bad and so there was i think a lot of becca and i just really i think like folded in on each other um and really we were each other's world yeah and you know not only was was an issue my best friend 
but you know we were kind of kind of enmeshed though too mm-hmm. like you know i didn't want to go anywhere without her uh she didn't want to go anywhere without me like all of our friends that we started remaking were the same friends because we were making them together mm-hmm. and so it hit this point uh and we were trying for a while we tried different christian churches that were open and affirming um but you know i think at that point in time i was just i was just done that was uh, slim pickens one, back in the day too it really was yeah we had i think two i think there was two churches um that we had to to choose from at the time the one when we went was singing about uh being God's rainbow children and so making a <laughs> I was not kind of making a huge point <laughs> making a huge point to the point of I was like I think this is saying like I for maybe only in like the last few years have I let my like being gay have any sort of definition of me as a person uh, okay um because like I love Becca she's my wife like Yes, we're a gay couple, but, you know, if you hang out with another straight couple, their life is not that different than ours. You know, yeah. like, maybe we talk a little bit more <laughs> because we're two girls, but, you know, like we have communication issues. We have ups and downs. We have to work on stuff just like anybody sure, else does. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I got sick and tired of pe- people being like, oh, Melissa has the short hair, so she must be the guy in the relationship. Mm. I'm like, well, you've clearly never met my wife. Like, <laughs> like you know, it's just that stuff yeah. of, um, you know, I think maybe our boundaries blend a little bit differently. Uh, but but for the most part, like, I didn't want to be defined by my my sexual orientation. Yeah. Yeah. And and Becca didn't either. And so so that didn't, like, that just didn't do it for me. And then we went to another another church and and the uh associate pastor at the time she had found out that i used to lead worship service mm. and they kind of wanted to up their game in terms of of what they were offering for music in the church okay. and i said uh you know i'm i'm just i'm not even sure i'm a christian anymore like i'm not in a place for that and yeah, after the dinosaur after, thing, right? You were yeah, after the dinosaur <laughs> thing. Uh, by the way, I love Becca's dad. He's an amazing guy. <laughs> yeah. It's not his right. fault right. that we disagree on that right, point. Right. Uh, uh, but don't mess with my dinosaurs. Right. Um, but she just wanted to take no for an answer. And you know, when I finally like put my foot down with her, because I think we went like two or three times. Uh, she just was kind of done with me. Mm. Like it was, and I was just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done being taken advantage of. I'm done being used. Mm. I, I need time and I need space. So at that point, like I said to Becca, you know, you, you do what you want for, for your religious needs, but I'm, I'm done. I'm tapping out. Like I can't do this anymore. And so that's where I kind of started going back and forth between agnosticism and and atheism and then i think i stepped into a a church one last time and that was with uh becca and her dad over i think it was like thanksgiving or christmas we had been there in montana and uh her mom was sick and so the three of us just went together and 
you know, the pastor knew the situation, the situation, yeah. I use air yeah, quotes yeah, with yeah. that, uh, doesn't say anything to us when we get there. And then like service is going on and uh, it's time to do communion. And he, he says like all families should come up together and do communion together. And he's singing with the worship band and they're going along and we're just kind of sitting there. And like, I wasn't planning on, you know, taking communion or anything, but Becca's dad, you know, taps Becca on the knee and she taps me and then we're, we're going up together to take communion. And like, just no joke. The mat, the, the pastor like legit, like does like mic drop, drops the microphone, comes over and it's not like a very big church and like, announces loudly like i'm sorry you can't take communion you guys are are knowingly and purposefully living in sin Uh, so communion is is like not for you. You're not. You need to get right with God. Essentially, we go back to the pew. Becca's dad doesn't say anything, and I don't blame him for a second for not yeah. saying anything. Like, what do you yeah. do in that yeah. situation? Um, I don't know. That I don't. I mean, all of us, I think, kind of froze, and uh, we go back. <laughs> I proceed to have a panic attack. Uh, Becca starts sobbing in the in the pew. This gal behind her gives her some Kleenex, pats her on the shoulder. Becca's dad is pretty quiet. Uh, service gets over with. You know, I go back. We both go back to the car while he says goodbye to people. Um, and then, you know, we never talked about it again with her family, like the four of us. Uh, Becca's mom. They actually ended up leaving the church shortly after that. That was kind of that was that was their I, way. My understanding yeah. from Becca's that that was too much yeah, for them. Yeah, that yeah. was not right. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that, you know, they did stand up for yeah, us in the way that sure. they best knew how. Uh, but that was just kind of, like, that was, like, the definite, like, there's no salvaging this relationship with 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 God, with Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like, this this was, you know, I'd been reading books and, and still continuing to read books even to this day. But I would say that that was kind of the marker of like where I really started shedding the sort of Christian skin of like, now I really need to figure out life without, yeah. really without any support of uh, spiritual support mm-hmm. system. And, wow. and so, you know, it, it just hit that point for Becca and I where you know, things got really busy. She started doing a, a finishing up her bachelor's degree. We weren't seeing each other because of, of she was working full time. I was working full time doing, she was doing school. And then, uh, so we, you know, had kind of gotten like resentful mm. with each other and things just kind of kept snowballing and, and still like the underlying current is there's this, this spiritual piece missing. Mm for me, for me that I hadn't replaced with anything. Uh, and so I was just unhappy. I, w- I would say I was unhappy. I hadn't dealt with what we mm. went through. 
um, I, I just hadn't dealt with any of it. And, and so and it was spirituality just like, in some form had been a part of your entire life up to this point. Entire life. Always. And so now there was it, just this, there was nothing that was there. Yeah. yeah. It was just a gaping hole. Mm. Yeah. And I, and I don't know how to other describe it than that. It's just that like a gaping hole that, you know, it, maybe some nights we would just drink way too much or, you know, just different things to try to like figure it out. And uh, so it just, it finally came to a head and um, we decided after some, some bad stuff that happened and that I don't, I don't really want to go into, uh, but, but ultimately like we just decided, you know, I needed to go, get some therapy <laughs> and um and I'd, I had done some therapy off and on um trying to deal with stuff and it just you know wasn't very deep so we did some really intensive mm. therapy and I met this um this gal who was doing like you know the the therapy with me and I was seeing her like multiple times a week and um finally like we're pretty far into our therapy relationship probably like six months or so and um she was like you know I really feel like the biggest problem is that like you are just naturally a spiritual person and Mm. like it is something that is important for you as just a human being and she's like it doesn't matter what it is that you choose, but you need to find something. Mm. And she, you know, she went on to say like, for her, she combined like Buddha, uh, Jesus and uh, the teachings of Jainism. Um, And for people that aren't familiar with Jainism, it's also an an ancient Indian tradition, like Buddhism, uh, Hinduism and and, uh, Jainism were kind of all developing around the same time in, yeah, in India. So there's a lot I'm of, familiar, yeah, yeah Jainism is actually really pretty cool. It has some crossover mm. between the two and uh, it's a very compassionate sort of uh, religion and, and philosophy and, and stuff. And, um, and so she said like, that's who makes up my council mm. of spirituality. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't believe in God. Like, you know, between not just what Becca and I went through, but stuff that I went through, as a child, like there was some abuse in my childhood. You know, we talked about, you know, my dad being an addict and all that good, Mm. all that good stuff. (laughs) Um, So there was a lot of like hurtful memories around that and, and dealing with, with that. Uh, And so, so I was like, I don't, I don't believe in God. She was like, well, why don't you look up uh, some stuff in, in physics, like look up the God's eye and, and a few other things. So she kind of was appealing more to my uh, intellect instead. Sure. And so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to look at that. And so it was pretty cool. Like the, the, the way the universe is formed and continues to form. And, um, and, you know, I kind of came back and I was like, I still like, that's great. I still don't believe in God. Yeah. Like I, you can't tell me that this is a God doing this and, She's like, yeah, I know. Like, that's not the point. The point is just to yeah. <laughs> soften you up a little bit, basically. <laughs> and uh, and she said, you know, the more that you and I talk, the more I feel like your natural inclination for yourself is um, Buddhism. I, she's like, you you 
I just think that you would really like mm. Buddhism. And, you know, I'd had uh, an Eastern philosophy class in college. I'd done some religion classes and, and, you know, honestly, I'd slept through most of my Eastern <laughs> philosophy class. <laughs> so, you know, I had some things kind of sure. still, you know, back there right. somewhere. And, uh, and I, I said, well, I don't even really know where to start with something like that. She said, well, why don't you read uh, Living Buddha, Living Christ? Hmm. And that's a Thich Nhat Hanh book. And so the, the book is kind of how uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, part of it, he, he's talking with, with like a priest and, um, you know, they're kind of talking about the difference in religions and, and between Buddhism and Christianity. Hmm. And, and, you know, the bulk of the book is him kind of showing how Buddhism and, and Christianity in terms of like heart philosophy have have a lot in common you know there there's more things for us to agree on than disagree yeah. on really loved the book came back and and but there's stuff i didn't like about the book too <laughs> like uh, anything that was like uh 10 commandment-esque because uh, there's like the 10 transgressions right. uh in mahayana buddhism and so i come back and i said you know that's this is great this is a great book but i don't what is this supposed to do for me like Buddhism seems fine, but I don't see anything in this book like that tells you how to, you know, practice it or do it or like, what what is it, you know? And and she said, well, you know, I've um, she said I've been down to the temple, uh, in the Perry district uh, a couple of times. There's a Spokane Buddhist temple, and she's like, so you know, maybe you know, it's really close to where you live. I think Beck and I at the time were living like five blocks away from the temple. Um, we saw it all the time. Uh, had never thought about going inside. And, uh, and, and they would do open houses and things. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like anything you're like, I, I'm way too afraid to even put a foot in there, even if I was <laughs> interested. And uh, so she's, you know, they do, you know, they do these open houses or they do service. Like, why don't like, just, why don't you go one week? So, uh, I was kicking around the idea for a little bit, kind of doing some more research. And then sure enough, one of the open houses uh, pop up yeah. for, for, for it. They're doing a, a temple fundraiser. And uh, I asked Becca if she would go with me. She said, sure, fine. We had another friend, Katrina, that was like, oh, you know, I'd really like to see, you know, what the temple is like. I've always been curious. Uh, can I come with? We're like, yeah, Absolutely. So we're down in, uh, we go in, we go into the basement and, you know, people are just kind of like serving food and doing different things, but we've gotten there kind of towards the very end of it. And uh -huh. so there's not really a lot of people there, just mostly like they're volunteers. Mm -hmm. And this, uh, this nice old lady, <laughs> older lady comes over, her name's Frida and, and uh, she, she's like, can I help you? And I said, oh, you know, we're just kind of interested in the temple and she starts, you know, kind of talking about the temple and she's, you know, you should come for a service. And she's just like super friendly, yeah, really yeah. nice. And, and I was like, oh yeah, maybe we'll do that. And uh, we go to leave and she's like, I just, I feel like I'll see you again. <laughs> and, and I was like, sure thing lady. <laughs> and uh, we go upstairs. Uh, she said, I think you could catch Jefferson because Jefferson used to be a minister's assistant at the yeah, temple. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's still doing open house. You might be able to catch him before uh, he closes up. So we go upstairs and uh, it's, 
I didn't know at the time. I know now that like it was supposed to be closed. Like three o'clock was the time, and we we're like a few minutes after okay. three. And um, usually when I'm doing open houses at three o'clock, I'm like, oh, I'm ready to be, you know, done <laughs> talking to people because it's like six straight hours right, right, of talking right. to people. And uh, but he was just so so nice, like so warm. Mm. He was in his robes. Was, at the time he had like those uh, black like hipster frame yeah, glasses yeah. and he still had his big beard and uh <laughs> he always wore you know those bow ties with his minister's assistance robe and so he looked to me like he was like from the like the was like the brotherhood of islam like oh you know like yeah, he just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. how they like the malcolm x yeah, you know kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh and which <laughs> I loved Malcolm X. I was, that's a whole nother story. Uh, <laughs> and, and the, cause I was always like a civil rights kid. Uh, and so I was like, Oh, that's kind of, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so we sit down and, and he's like, well, can I answer any questions for you? And, and we we're like, well, can you just tell us a little bit about the temple and kind of tells us a little, a little bit. And, uh, and I was like, you know, it's, it's fine. He seems nice enough. And, and then I, I said, well, can, can I ask you one more question? Of course, he's just super nice and accommodating. And so why, like, why Buddhism? Like, why, mm. like, why did you choose Buddhism? I think that's a great and, question. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and I don't want to tell Jefferson's story because it's his story to tell. Um, but he, you know, he kind of talked a little bit about like what brought him that, that he had the life event that brought him to the temple uh also in his his 30s i'm in my 30s at the time yeah um and as he's telling his story he starts crying <laughs> like mm. and it was this moment of first off you you hardly ever see guys cry mm. like so that's emotional i think when you see men cry to begin with and then like you know he's just he was just like this super genuine but like burly guy on yeah, top of yeah. it you know and 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 to have him just so open and honest and emotional it made me want to come back mm. because i wanted to know what was going on in this temple that made this dude so emotional to talk about it yeah and so we so we leave thank him for his time uh, we we talk. Uh, my my Becca's our friend Katrina. Uh, the three of us kind of talk, and we're like, yeah, I think, I, I, yeah, coming back to service sounds like a good idea. So the, for the first time, I'm like, okay, I, now I really want to check this place out. Yeah. Now now yeah. I'm my interest is now like very peaked. Yeah. Uh, and they so that was a Sunday. So we have to wait like another week uh, for service to roll around. So. I said to Becca, like, you know, I really want to go. I don't want to go by myself. Will you come with me? Yeah. And she says, yes, I will give you three times. We can go three times. And like, then you're on your own. Like if you want to stay sure. going, yeah. like feel free to go. Like that's, that's you. She's still identifying as Christian yeah. at the time. Um, although not practicing. Uh, and so we agree that we're going to do this. So the next Sunday rolls around and we go to service and we sit in the very back <laughs> but you know everybody's so nice like everybody's like saying hello welcoming us like i'm 
inside like i'm just sweating bullets because i'm like do they even want gay people Mm. here but like we were obvious it seemed like we were obviously a couple with like for to jefferson and and this frida and and nobody was jerky about it and and then we saw like another gay couple a male gay couple was there and people were being like really friendly with them and yeah you know so we're like okay so maybe had never had hadn't seen that yeah (laughs) uh and so i'm like okay so maybe like maybe it's an okay place and uh so then service starts and of course like it's just there's just a lot of stuff that have not experienced right like everything is brand new and they have service books and people are like kind of bringing the books up to their head and then bringing them down. You're like, okay, that's, that's different. That's different. <laughs> like, uh, you know, people have these little kind of bracelets on their left arms. And, uh, some people are wearing these, like, uh, my wife calls them neck cloths, uh, that, you know, are kind of short. And so there's just a lot of things that, like taking yeah. in, uh, and then we start chanting and, mm. uh, you know, the chanting, depending on, what the chant is it can be a little bit melodic or it's just kind of like one note but it just you know goes through and and uh and the chanting starts and i feel something kind of like stir Mm. inside me know it's one of those things that like in hindsight it wasn't it wasn't like going to that worship service (laughs) that i talked about where i just felt so uncomfortable that i wanted to puke yeah this was different like something was just kind of like i just felt it inside my body like something just kind of i don't know maybe like awaken like something something happened and i and i started crying And like, and I'm somewhere in the back and I'm like, you know, just, <clears throat> you know, just trying to like hide it. Cause I don't want anybody to see it. And, uh, and like, even now, like I feel kind of emotional talking about it. And so service gets over with, and I just feel kind of overwhelmed by what we've experienced. Um, oh, and there's this, like a, a person gets up and does a, a Dharma talk. So in Buddhism, if you have to equate it to a Christian term, it's like a sermon. Okay. And, uh, and it was just super straightforward. It was about impermanence um, and how like nothing stays the you same. You still remember and it. Things are... Oh, I still remember oh, it. Absolutely. Wow. That's like, a big it's deal. It's just like, it's it, like just as clear as day. Yeah. And because I just felt like, oh yeah, impermanence. I hadn't, I think I've heard that word before, but I've never like heard somebody like talk about uh-huh. it, you know, like, and I was like, yeah, of course life changes. Like that's, yeah, it seemed so practical and so tangible. Um, There was no guilt in it. There was no, nothing, right? There was just like, this was just, this it. Yeah. And so so we go to leave (laughs) and Frida's there. (laughs) She's like, "Uh, don't you want to come downstairs for snack and like hang out a little bit? And, And I'm just like, and I was just really honest with her. I was like, you know, I think first time, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. this just has to be enough for today. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, but we'll be back. We'll be back. And, and so maybe next time we'll, we'll come down.
And so, you know, Becca and I talked about it and I don't know. I think maybe she was just excited that I was connecting with something. Sure. Um, and she was like, yeah, let's go back. And uh, we went back the next week and then skipped a week. And then like they were doing a service out at the cemetery um, that th- the s- third time that we went back. And when you and skipped a week, you didn't get 15 phone calls of where were you guys? We no, missed you. We get- no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was fine. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was... We, I, I think that people were surprised to see us at the, uh, at the cemetery mm. service. Um, so the cemetery service is, uh, it's called Hatsubon. And Hatsubon is connected with uh, July, August months, um, Obon. And the whole service is really just to pay gratitude to um, the people that came before mm. us. Uh, and... Uh, the people that have passed away that year to remember them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was kind of, you know, it was different. It was kind of cool. Lots of questions. Um, and so at this point in time, I'm like, I, you know, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to check this out for a mm-hmm. while. Uh, and I never, I never asked Becca, like if she was going to keep coming with me, she just, she just came with mm-hmm. me. Like, so we were well past the three times and she, and she was, was still, still coming going. with me. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we just didn't really talk about it. And so then they started, they had some like uh, introduction to Buddhism classes and, uh, and then they had this uh, visiting minister come and uh, the visiting minister was, uh, I think it was Reverend Bridge, uh, Harry Bridge, who's minister in Oakland. Super awesome mm-hmm. guy, really super down to earth. Um, he, you know, he was talking about, uh, Buddhist peer land and, uh, you know, really kind of difficult topics well beyond my (laughs) understanding, uh, but really enjoying him as a person. And, um, and then they had a, a barbecue, uh, after for, for him and I saw him, uh, drinking a beer and I was like, wait, what? Wait a minute. I saw it in Buddhism. I thought in Buddhism you couldn't drink or eat meat or yeah, yeah. you know all the stereotypes that I had yeah. had already started to learn about in Buddhism and and then I was like hmm that's that's different okay <laughs> all right you know you're just like kind of taking all right. this information right. in right uh, and then you know kind of fast forward a little bit not too much maybe like a couple months and the the minister the head minister at the time. Um, something happened that like, she just like left. Hmm. And I was like, Oh no, I've done it again. I've put myself in a place that is not safe. Hmm. And, uh, what, why does a minister just up and leave? Yeah. And so they held, uh, a board, not a board, like it was an open Sangha meeting. So Sangha is like, uh, uh, the 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 uh, congregation, okay. The the people that that are there, uh, and so they have this open sangha meeting, and I said to Becca, I'm like, well, I feel like we need to go because I want to know what's going yeah, on here. Yeah. Like, I like it here, but I'm afraid that it is just as broken as anything sure. else 
and it's going to be a bad place for me. So we go and, you know, come to find out uh, she was having some, some health issues and, and other things. And what had been going on for her is that she'd been doing all this study and would be gone in Berkeley for long periods of time and then come back mm. to the Spokane temple. And the temple was still kind of forging ahead without her while she was gone all sure. this time. So there was some kind of conflict of who's in charge and um, kind of that want to like what I say goes kind of a thing. Yeah. And w- once you get further into the, the, the structure of, of how the temple functions, you find out that um, although the minister is very important, the board is also very important. Ah, and, and there's, for some people, maybe they have a power struggle between the two. So a minister can't really come in and be authoritarian okay. and say like, everything I say goes, nor can a board really come in and say, everything I say goes, you know, that the two have to work together. Yeah. It's a relationship. Absolutely. And that relationship in this case was broken. Got it. And, uh, and it, it, whatever had been, again, I don't want to tell her, her story cause it's her story sure. to tell. And, um, but it's, it's one of those things that it just, it couldn't get fixed. Yeah. They couldn't reconcile that relationship. So she decided to leave. Mm. And, and there's a little more to that story, but that's sure. Again, it's not really the point of yeah. it. Um, and, but I remember, uh, part of that meeting was, you know, will she come back? Does she want to come back? How can, how can we get her back? Mm. Like, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to end this way. It does. Everything was very open and transparent. Mm. And, and that you weren't, used and to. I even said it was, it was weird. Yeah. It was weird for things to be transparent. And they had asked for people who had not talked yet to say, to like ask questions or say mm. something. And because we were still pretty new, like we were asked like what we were thinking. And, and I, and I just said, I was very honest. I was like, I'm, I'm here because I want to know, that I'm in a safe place mm. and I want to know that like this mm. is an okay place to be and I appre- and I just I appreciated the transparency I told them that um and then I just kind of kept moving forward I felt satisfied with the answers yeah. I was given how, can I ask how did uh, they respond to that when you said I just, it was just kind of I like, want to find a place <laughs> where I'm safe you know yeah well, how did they yeah. respond to that it was just kind of like yeah absolutely we all want a safe place hmm. like it, it wasn't it was weird <laughs> it was weird in the felt sense strangely that, healthy um, yeah it was healthy it, it felt healthy even in this kind of i think maybe unhealthy situation that yeah. was unfolding it was healthy yeah and and that felt uncomfortable hmm. um because i was used to everything being secretive yeah and you know like you get the end result and not the the work that happened yeah. getting yeah, there yeah. And even in wow. in later years, when I if we revisit that time, to together with some of the leadership that was there at the time, it's still a conversation of, I wonder if she would ever want to come back. Mm. You know, like the door is is always open for her. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, like, and the realization that there was um, wrong on both sides that both sides could have handled the situation better. Um, it wasn't a blame game. It, it was, no, we have to take responsibility that this wasn't the best way to handle yeah. a situation. 
and like that was that was weird too um it, it's not what it's not what i had experienced yeah. so at that point in time you know i i felt more comfortable i felt better um you know i'm having little conversations here and there with jefferson uh he's very like helpful in terms of kind of spurring me on and i just want to learn more mm. uh i'm one of those people that when i get interested in something I'll buy 10 books on it and like sit <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> hyper focus, right? The <laughs> it's, it is, it is. And it's just this way that like, I want to know how to do everything. Yeah. And I want to know from the inside out, like, yeah. don't, don't tell me that this works this way. Like, let me see how you get there. Sure. And um, in fact, we were just laughing about this last night with this uh, kind of right wing uh, website the parlor like I, i'm i'm here last night like on my ipad like researching it trying to figure out who's owning it right. like what's going on with it and you know my wife is just like becca's like i just love how your brain works i love how like you want you just you, you just you know yeah. you want to and i and i do think that it's a byproduct of kind of i think being forced christian doctrine my whole Got life it. and not questioning Got it, it. I think that process of finally starting to pull apart what I believed and didn't believe kind of taught me how to, to do mm. that. And so as we're going along, like I'm, I'm wanting to learn more, wanting to learn more. And I start to have these like worries though, because there's ways that things are translated uh, from, so our school is uh, from the, uh, it's a Japanese based Buddhist school. It's Jodo Shinshu. And um, there's some translation stuff that like online at the time, if I would look up uh, like the Pierland, people were comparing it to like a Christian heaven. Mm. And I'm like, but I don't believe in heaven. Right. And um, there's uh, a concept called the evil person. And I'm like, but I don't want to be told I'm a sinner and yeah. that I'm going to yeah, hell. Yeah, yeah. And it was my own, misunderstandings of mm. how I was taking these translations, not knowing like anything about translation and how it came to the U S or, yeah. or any of that. Like I'm drawing my own conclusions without well, that's a, that's questions. a very human thing to do, right. Is Absolutely. to take all the baggage you had before and it colors this new thought even. Right. Yeah. 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 And I had multiple steam trunks full. So <laughs> Or like in, was, in lenses vernacular, we call that the lenses that you're reading it through. You know? <laughs> yeah. And they were some thick lenses. Right, I'll tell right. you, that was, those were custom made. Right. Uh, those are some serious <laughs> Coke bottles right there. That's right. And, uh, and I was almost about ready to kind of give up. Hmm. Like my, my skepticism was starting to get the better of me. And the temple had this uh, visiting minister from, uh, the West side, Reverend Warwick. And we're having like a Q and a with him after. And he says, you know, it's easy to kind of, uh, you know, walk through life, just digging at the surface. Hmm. And we can know a little bit about a lot of things. Uh, and he said, but religion just isn't one of those things that you can do that with. You know, you might need to kind of scratch at the surface to find what interests you mm. but when something interests you you need to start digging and mm. like you have to dig past your own biases 
You have to dig past other people's biases. Like you have to dig until you've exhausted the resources and you can say like wholeheartedly, this isn't for me. Wow. Yeah. And you, and you need to be able to stand on that on your own. Yeah. 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 And it was just, it was the, it was the thing I needed to hear in that moment. And so I was like, okay, I'll stay and I'll dig mm. and I will dig until I find something that I cannot deal with. And uh, <laughs> so shortly after that, I had asked, uh, there was another minister's assistant there, uh, Paul Viel, and I asked him a question about something that I had come across. And he looked at me and he said, oh, you know, I actually don't know the answer to that. Can I get back to you? And I was like, well, what do you mean you don't know that? Like in my mind, I didn't say this to him. I just said, oh, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm uh, laughing because I'm like, I can't tell you I've ever heard that in a church. And that was my exact response. That it. It shook me to my core. It was just like, what do you mean you don't know? Like, aren't you supposed to know everything? Yeah. Like, don't, like, I would just think you'd just make it up even if right. you didn't know. Right? Like, like, lie to me. I just want to, you know, like, that seems like what kind of happens. Like, and, and it was the most, it was baffling and refreshing. Mm. And like, and then I think, you know, like a while, long time later, I asked him about it and he's like, well, we don't know everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we, you know, there, and it's okay not to know everything. And like what you learn is going to be different and things are going to change as you go along. And, uh, and it's, and it's okay. And, and so at this point in time, I've kind of read through most of what the, the, the bookstore, the, the, the temple's bookstore mm. had, uh, I, I, I kind of, I'd, I'd already gone to like multiple introduction to Buddhism classes, multiple, um, introduction to Jodo Shinshu, you know, everything that I possibly could. And, uh, I was like, I just, I want, I want more. I want to learn more. I want to learn more. And, uh, Buddhist churches of America who, um, our temple sits underneath, but like our, our actual like school, because it comes from Japan the Nishi Honganji is like the mother temple. Like, so we all sit underneath Got it. that. Um, but, but all, all of the, the branches are, are Jodo Shinshu. Okay. That's our, our sect of Buddhism. Um, and so some people think like Buddhism is all under one umbrella, but there's just as much diversity in Buddhism as there is in Christianity. It's in terms a of, far more ancient practice than Christianity. Oh, yeah, for sure. So yes. Of course, by a of lot. Course. Yeah, <laughs> but by by uh, some thousands. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, so the same. Like it had splits and and different things, and um, and so so I wanted to learn more, and then you know as this is all kind of going on you know, the, the reverend, the, the minister that left, like she left a, a hole and uh, you know, at this time uh, Jefferson is wanting to step back cause he's, he's got responsibilities to take care of. And, uh, and I was getting more and more like, I just wanted to 
to help. I wanted mm. to be a part of. I just wanted to spend a lot of time at the temple. Um, and so I kind of had asked Becca, like, what do you think if I wanted to maybe study to become a minister's assistant? <laughs> like, because, you know, I'm, I'm all in at yeah, this point in time. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, she's like, yeah, I think that you would really enjoy that. Yeah. And, um, and so I very you know kind of stupidly uh go to go to not stupidly presumptuously i think is is you know it's it's presumptuous to think that you know i I haven't really been here uh you know in in terms of some other people like that long and now i'm asking to (laughs) like help right right (laughs) in in this way and and so i asked i asked sensei paul i was like you know what what is the path of like minister's assistant and I think I just totally caught him off guard mm. and, and, you know, he kind of was like, uh, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I felt, I felt kind of weird about it. And then, um, and then later I think Jefferson had asked me like, Oh, I hear you're, you know, you're interested in it and, and, uh, why. And, and like, I just want to, you know, I'm really like, I want to help and I want to learn more. Yeah. And I, and, you know, I'm just, I'm just interested. And, uh, and then nothing really gets said for a little bit. I feel like maybe I'd done something wrong. <laughs> um, but the Buddhist Churches of America was offers this uh, correspondence course. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to do the correspondence course. Like, I want to learn more. This seems sure. like the way to go. I think that was the first time that they were like, oh, okay, she's just going to do this on her <laughs> own in terms of learning. Like, like so maybe and I don't know what conversations they had, uh, but shortly after they asked if I would come on to the religious education committee and maybe, you know, see how things work and and all that. Like it was, it was just awesome. Mm. I loved it. We were becoming more a part of the temple. We, you know, we were building friendships that were, we just got to be ourselves. Um, Nobody cared that we were gay. Like nobody cared (laughs) Like nobody cared. It just wasn't an issue. It wasn't about and whether they accept you as being gay or whether they're no. they're affirming of you being gay. It just was like you were you were there because you were a person. I, exactly, yeah. and it was and it was like, are are you reliable? Are you like hmm. are your intentions the like the are your intentions good? Yeah. <laughs> like you, you know, like, and and it was this thing too that like as. I was learning was this understanding too. Like there was a, an immense amount of gratitude that I was beginning to feel as well mm. because the temple, you know, it was founded in like 1945 from um, Reverend Terrell and it was his family had come from the internment camp mm. and had been, had been released from the internment camp where the United States had turned their back on them, taken everything from them. And they still chose to come to Spokane and open mm. the Jodo Shinshu Temple with the help of other Japanese Americans mm. that had had the same thing done to them. And I knew, I, as I learned more about the temple and how the history of it developed, I knew that I was not the intention, like I was not the person that they were thinking about of receiving the gift that they gave to this community. And it just made me more grateful.
and it's and nobody ever said like oh you're you're not the object of of this school of buddhism here in spokane it was you're interested in this and you want to and you want like this is for you too mm. like i might not have been the object of their intent but i was still benefiting from it and i wanted that for other people mm. i wanted the temple to to be there for other people and i think that you know it's it's one of those it's arrogant i think in some ways to think that you know little old melissa can come in and, and help like there there is a certain amount of arrogance that comes with that i think like you can't get away from your ego in in that way but i have been given something beyond measure that completely changed my life that like suddenly going from kind of like a, an angry hurt person to i could look back now at a lot of the stuff that i went through and say, well, you know, it's causes and conditions. It's, it's just the way that life unfolds. I didn't do anything to deserve it. It's, I didn't do anything wrong. It's just, it's, it's the karmic conditions under which we all live under. And my mom has her own set of causes and conditions that created her to be who she is. The people in inner varsity had their own set of causes and conditions that that's, who they are and why they are and um it's it's not the universe wasn't out to get me and i think prior to buddhism i just felt like why did i have to go through so many painful things from from the stuff i experienced to a kid into young adulthood and you know even the present day and for the first time in my life i felt like i had some reprieve from that thought mm. And I had some um, reprieve in my life. Like, I didn't have to be an angry, resentful mm. person. And, you know, and, and the further I went on the path, the deeper I felt that. So, you know, after a couple years of studying with, uh, with Sensei Paul, um, I was certified as a minister's assistant and, uh, Bishop Amezu came over. And so, um, the, the Bishop, the Japanese word for it is Socho, uh, but we, we, we translate everything sure, into sure. kind of, kind of Christian, Christian-esque terms. And that's a product of World War II. That's a product of, um, you know, Japanese Americans trying to not stick out in this country. Mm. And um, wow. so there's a lot of wow. hurt and pain. Wow. That it's, yeah. I mean, if you go into a temple, you would expect maybe like the Tommy mask, or you're going to be sitting on the floor with no shoes, but it's pews. And, huh. you know, it's, uh, so it's a product of um, a, a group of people who were considered other in this country, even though they were some of the most patriotic Americans mm. Uh, on the West Coast that were, you know, they, they just, they just wanted to, to be here and they wanted to mm. have, have their, have Buddhism. They wanted to have Jodo Shinshu here, you know, and, and they, but they also didn't want to stick out anymore and they didn't want what happened to them to happen yeah. again, you yeah. know? And so there's all these, these things that go into it. And these are the things that like, when I, when I say like, Oh, so ignorant to, 
to like with my biases is because I didn't know, you know, I'm coming in without all this history, without all this understanding and knowledge. And when you start to learn it, you're like, Oh, I'm such a, like, I'm kind of a jerk for thinking that, or, (laughs) you know, like, and, and so kind of like the real solidifier for me though, is after this, um, after being certified as a minister's assistant, two things happen is, so Bishop Amezu comes and um, to be certified a minister's assistant, you have to have what's called a, a homeo, a Dharma name. And uh, Paul had picked out my, my Dharma name and it's uh, Joshin um, and it means entrusting heart. <laughs> and so <clears throat> in our tradition, like an entrusting heart is, is really important. Like it's part of what helps us, um, understand and appreciate mm. the teachings and like it's so it's it's much deeper than what i'm i'm saying but you know um and uh the you know it was the first time i had ever met the the bishop so we're having this private ceremony for just me for uh this this home meal mm-hmm. um because the other the other guy like he already has his okay and i can't be certified with without this mm. uh dharma name but it was just this moment of, I, I really felt solid. Uh, and I, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm mm. okay. Um, and then, so the next day we go to do the, the ceremony and um, we're trying on our robes before my robe doesn't fit. Because uh, cause I'm a big kid. <laughs> and the robe is made in Japan. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. And the... Uh, and, uh, um, and it was like, for me, it was just like this really embarrassing thing. Did all of and those like sensei, old intervarsity conversations come oh, rushing back in that moment? All or? of it, all of mm. it. And, and my sensei, sensei Paul was just like, Melissa, it's not a big deal. Mm. We'll get the robes altered. It'll be fine. Uh, just wear, wear, you know, black. And, mm. you know, we'll still do the, it's called a Manishiki show or what gay, you know, this, um, this thing that we that we wear and it has a ton of history mm. and beautiful teachings behind it as well and uh and he was just like he was just no so nonchalant about it and then there was you know this uh get together and stuff and i went up to him and i i said you know paul I just sorry i was like sensei thank you so much for like not making a big deal about my robe not fitting and i just and and I don't think he knew like the pain yeah, what that behind that. You. Yeah. And it was just that moment of like, it was like in that weekend, like two, two huge wounds had been addressed mm. in a completely different way and in such a more healthy way. Mm. And I felt, I felt safe. Mm. I, I felt safe and I felt like I was in the right place. And, uh, and then shortly after, I finally got to go to a, a minister's training in um, in Berkeley, where what where our, our little training center is, and uh, everything was just so normal. Mm. Uh, I didn't feel manipulated. Uh, you know, when we do services, you know, there was this thing like with with worship music where you're taught kind of how to. Uh, you know, get people on their feet to get them energized for service. Then you get them kind of, you know, riled up and 
and praiseworthy and then you bring it down and you know, yes, meditation yes, yes. sort of place yeah. and prayer and really thoughtful on god and then you're saying there's a you know, formula involved is that what you're saying is it <laughs> <laughs> uh you might say formula i might say manipulation <laughs> yeah <laughs> Either and, uh, way, I recognize it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and uh, it's just not. I never, I've never felt manipulated. Mm. And so I called Becca uh, to check in with her, see how she's doing. And um, she's like, you know, how are you? How are you liking it? And and I just said, oh, like it's, I don't know, it's just great. Like I don't, I don't feel taken advantage of. Mm. I don't feel manipulated. I don't feel like there's an agenda. Uh, if if anything, like I feel like like I have to show my gratitude for wanting to be here. Mm. Like they would rather. I, I felt I felt like they would be ra- they'd rather be without a minister's assistant that is full of themselves and gonna half-ass it, and they like they would just rather go without. Mm than have somebody like that and that just being yourself and being honest and earnest and grateful and um just wanting to learn and know more like that those seemed like the hallmarkers of what was important mm. to the instructors and, and the ministers that were there um and you know that sometimes can present its own uh problems sure. it's not perfect yeah. by any yeah. means but it, it was different than anything that I had ever experienced. Mm. And um, I don't know. I, I yeah, I, you know, I couldn't, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now without all those other experiences. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I, you know, I've just kind of kept on, on the path, just like kind of chipping away at it. Uh, it's a lifetime path. It, it's yeah. never, it, yeah. there's always going to be ways to learn how to be a better minister. Um, and then uh, two summers ago now, uh, the July of 2019, um, I was able to go to uh, Japan with, um, I want to say maybe 15 or so people um, from three different countries from the u.s uh really? we had three people from china uh oh four different countries um because we had some people from the uk ah. and uh, a couple people from canada uh of that six people in our group identified as lgbt <laughs> and um it was an intense process i was there for the training was uh 11 11 days that we were in the training center in a couple days of orientation before that it's super intense there's a um a chant that we do shoshinge that has to be memorized um and if you do it by stopwatch it's about somewhere between 23 and 27 minutes long um in japanese (laughs) uh did i mention i don't speak japanese (laughs) (laughs) i was just gonna ask that yeah Yeah, so you're you're memorizing sounds basically and yeah Yeah, basically yeah yeah it's you're trying to um for somebody who doesn't speak Japanese, you're trying to kind of have those keywords that you know what they mean and where it falls in the sutra. Because yeah. uh, Shoshinge is basically like, um, this is how Jodo Shinshu Buddhism gets from India to Japan. And this is what we, this is our our, our doctrine. This is what we believe. Okay. Um, 
and it's a beautiful chant it's amazing uh and there's like two different styles that you do it in so you're tested on both styles uh luckily they only test you on like the first like chunk of it um but even then like you know for for when you're in like it was just a pressure cooker in terms of like so you you go like feeling like you're super prepared um or as prepared maybe as you can be and like there's all these trainings that we had beforehand and testing that they try to do to help us um and and uh it's but it's like i i just i kept blanking like the stress was so much uh so the things that we could use the book on like i was I was totally fine and, yeah. and grateful for the help from my instructors for that. Um, but the stuff that we had to have memorized, the stress was just mm. so much. Uh, everything's in Japanese. And then we have translators uh, who are translating back to us at the end of things. And yeah. um, so it was a really bonding time with the people sure. that we went yeah. with. Um, and, but it, it was this, but you're also like in this, this process where you're going through an ordination that is you know centuries old like it's you're you're part of something that is much deeper than yourself Mm. and you know the thing that that buddhism really teaches us is that gratitude and that like our causes and conditions like so many people so many things are sustaining us and taking us along on our path and helping us Mm. So, you know, you're in this, like, they call it a Kadai is, is the test. So you're in your Kadai and you're, you're trying to, you know, you're doing this. And in the back of your mind is just like, I don't want to let down this reverend. I don't want to yeah, let down this reverend. Yeah. I don't want to let down my teachers. I don't want to let down my, my, my cohorts. I don't want to let down my temple. Like, because, because they're all there with mm. you. Like, they're the, they're the people that showed up on Sundays so that I could like early in the morning so I could chant Shoshinge so I could practice with a group of people you know like they're the people that like I care about and that I love that have changed my life they're um they're the teachers that invested Mm. and invested in somebody who like kind of going back like was not the original intention of who they would be investing Mm. in you know, I'm 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 not a Japanese American. I, I I don't have ties to Japan or to a Jodo Shinshu family, um, or Buddhism. Like, how how is like Melissa from from the west side of the state to she needed a Spokane ever going to be a person that mm. found Buddhism in the first place? And like all the sacrifices that people did for this temple to be here for me to find it to. You know, like it just—it wow. all. You're feeling all of that, along with you know all the the stress and, yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's and every time I I put on my robes to do something for service or or the temple, like you you put that on with it. Mm. You you put that that gratitude with it. Um. I'm totally crying like a baby. Uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, I didn't, like, revisiting this story, like, I, I couldn't imagine this ever being where I would be at in my life. Like, huh. that this is the trajectory it would take me. Um, and so, you know, now I'm, I'm 
I mean, my first year of my, uh, I finished my, my Jodo Shinshu certificate uh, last year that, that was, you have to make it so far in the certificate to academically qualify okay. uh, for Tokido along with, you know, other, other hall markers along sure. the way. And, uh, and so, you know, while I was doing that, uh, I had, I had lost my job at the, the bookstore mm. um, cause I had gotten a new owner and, and he and I butted heads and, uh that's a whole nother yeah. <laughs> um but i ended up in an awesome job doing finance uh which was again like this total weird like side path that i never expected to be on and i work for this amazing company where they're super nice to us wow. like get treated like a human being um but they also make space for me to do school mm. uh you know they they know that this is you know a passion that i have they're they're really great about a, a work life mm. balance um, and so I was kind of going along with just, you know, my plan was to kind of end at, at Tokido and maybe do the, the final ordination and, and, you know, always stay in Spokane. Um, but that experience of losing my job and having, you know, like four months to just kind of think, um, you know, it's just a reality that I, I really want to be a full-time minister for, mm. for the temple. And, and, um, and so I started my, uh, masters of divinity and buddhism this fall and uh with a chaplaincy component and i'm studying at that now and, and that'll take a while to do and wow um yeah so yeah so when you said yeah, all in you met all in all in yeah. yeah 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 and there's there's challenges that are are going to be there uh with not being a japanese american and and you know mm. wanting to do this that uh and and rightfully so like you know i don't i don't get to just come in and and you know be like oh you have to accept me like yeah. uh this is mine sorry, now sorry that are yeah yeah you know you don't get to do that yeah. and uh nor would i want to mm. and and so i'm you know i'm willing to take on those challenges that uh it really has nothing to do with buddhism it just has to do with um life and the way sure. things have happened you know in this country and the way people have been treated and so you know, you, you take that stuff with an understanding of where it comes from. Sure. Um, and, you know, you do the best to to be a good uh, ally yeah. Yeah. of the community. You know, yeah. I... So all in. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, hearing you talk, I, I mean, I have... We talked a little bit before we started recording about my daughter's involvement in the, the Japanese, um, community yeah. here. And, um, and, and that kind of helped me to realize that there is a, a pretty established Japanese community here in Spokane. Um, yeah. are there, I mean, are there a lot of Buddhist temples in Spokane or, uh, and I, like I said, you know, you know, you mentioned, yeah. you know, and I'm assuming that's, that's the temple you're part of the, the one on Perry, right? Is that's yeah. yeah correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, so are they, are they kind of spread out or they're, are there, I know the Jodo Shinshu is the, uh, if I'm even saying that right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. You got it. You nailed <laughs> um, it. Good job. Are there other sects <laughs> of Buddhism represented in, in Spokane or yeah. 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 My, my understanding, um, I don't know if they still meet. I'm sure they do. Uh, that there was a Zen group, but they don't have their own temple. As far as I know, I think they were meeting in a community center. Okay. Um, there's a Vietnamese Buddhist temple uh, in Spokane. Okay. Um, 
if you go out to Newport, there is the the Abbey, and that's um, hmm. that's a Theravatan ter- uh, Buddhism. Um, that's a uh, like that has like the nuns and monks and like the oh, wow. the saffron robes oh, that okay. like the always shaved heads. Yeah, um, you know, kind of. It's, so it's a little maybe a little more intense. Yeah. <laughs> so it ha- yeah. So uh, and she uh, didn't show her on like she'll work with like the Dalai Lama and has mm. done translation stuff with him. Wow. Um, and I think that she goes up to like the, maybe like the universal church once a week and, and talks like pre COVID of course. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a, I think like a Soku Gakkai group uh, in Spokane that actually opened uh, a temple. And then there's another, I can't remember what sect it is. Um, like they opened a temple in a house uh i think like out north yeah and then there was a a nichiren group that was meeting in airway heights uh and nichiren um is from uh japan as well uh but the rest of the groups are you know from various places so yeah there's when you think about buddhism in spokane you know you would think oh surprised just to hear that there's one temple but there's, I mean, That's there's a actually bunch. a pretty healthy, yeah, yeah. For the when you think about the size of of Spokane, but also the conservativeness of yeah. Spokane, yeah. Um, and then the, you know, the Methodist Church that is in also in the Perry District. Uh, a lot of former Temple members went there. Got it. Um, and so it has a really strong uh, Japanese American um, base and culture okay. uh, there. And so, you know, there's. Um, yeah, it was eye-opening to to hear all the, the, yeah. the different um, things. Uh, the Spokane Buddhist Temple is a very mixed group. Um, so, like, if you went to one of the Jodo Shinshu temples in maybe like California, you're you're gonna see like a strong Japanese American presence. Okay. Like, it that is the that is the majority of the sangha, okay. um, and then you'll see some people that you know maybe look like me or look like you sprinkled sprinkled through um and you know it's it's definitely a way that i think um our temples are are trying to figure out you know how to uh how to you know keep the cultural traditions that are alive in the temple um without alienating um non-japanese americans Mm. that are interested in buddhism like that's a it's definitely something that is trying to be figured out yeah yeah um and and you know i get why a temple might be a little fearful for a bunch of just you know western converts to come into the temple structure like we carry a lot of baggage yeah with the 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 connotation that it's given in the christian community um, yeah. That there's, yeah. you know, you know, specifically conservative areas of the country have much stronger Christian influence, I think. And, yeah. and I would, you know, I would. Yeah, I would guess that. Um, and yeah. so, you know, there's, you know, Buddhism is a is a is a scary concept. You know, it's, it's right. mysticism. It's, you know, you it doesn't it's a it's against the teachings of Jesus and against belief in God. Right. And it's again, 
Which is hilarious because Buddhism doesn't even have a God. Well, and see, and this like, is part of what I wanted to, <laughs> to kind of bring up with you. Is that like, yeah. Well, there's, there's two things. There's two things that, that, um, that got me started in, in being intrigued by some, some tenets of, of Buddhism. And, you know, I, you know, I spent my entire life, um, in, you know, Christian theology and doctrine and practice and through a number of different avenues of that, you know, I've been all the way from, you know, what I would say is wildly charismatic, you know, to, you know, all of the, the, uh, experiential kinds of, you know, practices and that all the way to like fundamentalist, you know, where it was like, you know, I, I, I literally told my dad one time that, you know, who again, raised me in the church, right. That, uh, that I didn't think he was, he was going to heaven because I didn't think he was a real Christian, you know, because he didn't believe the way I did, you know? And so, so I kind of had that whole spectrum, but, um, (laughs) this is another crossover, by the way. Uh, (laughs) I was told that my parents were going to heaven because they were Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, so, you know, there's, there's all of that. And then, um, you know, I was, I was reading a a book one time. This was in the foreword of the book. Actually, this wasn't even, yeah. this wasn't even the meat of the book. It was just the foreword. I honestly don't think I even finished the book, but the foreword like so stuck with me. And it was, there was this guy's talk and he said he, um, he went to a pastor's conference and he's, he was chosen to be the, you know, he was kind of the MC of the conference. Right. And, um, yeah. And he said they had this, they did this really bold thing where they brought in this guy from, that wasn't even a Christian to be a speaker in this conference. And I don't remember what the context was or anything else. And, uh, and he said, so part of his introduction, he was just asking him, you know, so, you know, why, why would you choose to come here and, and speak? And, and the, you know, the guy said to him, he said, well, he says, I've never been a practicing Christian. And so I was curious about some things. So I thought I'd come and share and then I could, I could learn some things about you as well. And he says, but this is, you know, this would be my first question to you. As he said, to, to kind of, to learn some things about Christianity, he said, I went to, um, at the time, this was, you know, a while back, you know, he went to a, I think a Barnes and Noble, you know, and he said, okay. he said, I'd, um, he goes, what are your number one selling books? And they said, you know, well, first of all, it's self-help, you know, how to get, how to get rich Mm -hmm. quick, kind of, kind of being the number one thing in that. And he goes, and after that, he said, that's the, the clerk told him, he says, it's books on religion. And he said, in particularly books on Buddhism. And he said, Mm. and he said, so I would ask you as a group of pastors, why are books on Buddhism better sellers than books on Christianity when Christianity is kind of like the foundational base of this country? You know, yeah. and he said he didn't know what to answer him. So he kind of threw it back at him. I don't know. You're, you're obviously thinking of something. What would you say? And he say, yeah. well, and he says, well, from just a, a quick glance at the whole thing, he says, it appears to me that Christianity is a system of doctrines and theologies, whereas Buddhism is a uh, is a a matter of practice. And he says um, that he goes, and so I would recommend that if you really have the best theologies and doctrines as Christians, that maybe you emphasize the practice of Christianity um, more effectively, you know, that, that struck me 
that struck me. Yeah. I was a pastor at the time, yeah. right? And I'm like, yeah. that shouldn't that shouldn't shake me like that. You know, that's against mm-hmm. the rules. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And um, and I'm curious about that. How is that? Does that ring any any truth for you? Is that is that? I mean, on a and I know yeah, I understand so, that's so basic, right? But no, no, I think I actually have a really um, wonderful example that I was taught from Reverend Castro, uh, our former supervisor uh, from the Seattle Betsween, because he was giving a Dharma talk on why Buddhism, like like part of what you started talking about was why Buddhism was accessible. Mm. Uh, and, and so he tells this story about um, this family had watched his wife's dog uh, because his wife has like really severe, I think like rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. He has a service dog. And, um, and it was set up through the agency for this family to, to take care of the dog for a little bit. And he was like very thankful, wanted to take him out to lunch. Come to find out, you know, they're Christians. And when they found out that he was a Buddhist minister, um, like they're complete way that they were talking to him and treating him changed and um they're like you know don't you worry about going to hell all this stuff and and he's like wait a minute i thought love is you know kind of the we we have that in common like why you know why do i have to be a christian and and so part of as he's given this dharma talk that he starts talking about is in christianity what we're taught is that the doctrine is the most important like if you're gonna make a triangle the doctrine is the most important piece of Christianity. Yeah. It's infallible. It's unquestionable. The next layer to that pyramid is um, the how it's interpreted, particularly by pastors yeah. and yeah. Christian thinkers, and 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 so that's the next important piece. Right. Your experience is the bottom of the triangle. So what you experience in Christianity is not as important as the text. It's not as important as Mm. interpretation of of the text and how it's taught. In Buddhism, that triangle is turned the complete Mm. opposite way. Mm. So the most important thing in Buddhism is your experience. Mm. The next important part of Buddhism is what people have to say about the teachings, how it's interpreted, how it's active in in their life. So back to that experience. The least important part of Buddhism is the doctrine. Mm. And, and it's the way that doctrine is also viewed in Buddhism, which is like we, if you look at some old sutras, like, well, any sutra, and it talks about like the differences between like men and women, it's, it's not, it's not that great for women in the text. Mm. Right. But when scholars look back at it and they put it in context of now, they say, well, who benefited from translating it that way? Does this actually Mm. fall in line with what the Buddha actually taught? Does this fall in line with Buddhist doctrine? No, it was written by a bunch of monks who lived with a bunch of other monks. Mm. And it was in their favor to to not have women included. And so So let's talk about that. So leaving room for fallibility in the doctrine is what you're saying? Absolutely, 100%. And to me, that was like oh, we can actually have conversation about the text. We can actually have conversation about how things get lost along the way. We can have, you know, like, so you're telling me, and this is part of what, like, we're, we're taught in Buddhism and in the sutras is if this doesn't work for you, okay, it doesn't work for mm. you. Set it aside. Like, don't let that be the thing that holds you up. 
And so, like, as a Buddhist, I can come across something and say, like, oh, I don't understand that. And I want to wrestle with it. I don't have the energy to do it. I can't do it right now. I can kind of pick it up and put it here for right now. Mm. And I can move on with my spiritual practice. And, and that doesn't have to define it. The other piece that I think is really important that I, I learned from another minister was in Christianity, in Christianity, if you prove 100% that Jesus didn't exist, Christianity completely falls apart. It can't, it can't live beyond yes. Christ not being crucified. Correct. Buddhism, if you, if you were to prove that, that Siddhartha Gautama, Shakyamuni Buddha, did not exist as a historical figure, Buddhism stands alone on it without him. Because hmm. the teachings still hold true. He doesn't have to exist for the teachings to be true. And for me, that was like, oh, so I don't even need to wrestle with whether or not Siddhartha was a historical figure. I don't I don't even have to care about that. I can if I want to. I can put a I can put a thousand years into to worrying about this and Got struggling it. with it and Got dealing it. with it. It doesn't change the teachings. Hmm. So I think that the problem for me in Christianity is the church doesn't give a shit about anybody's experience. Fall in line, hop in the box. Like it's it, there's no room like some churches i think are, are trying really hard to make room for experience to make room for a practice that works beyond um just being preached at like i i yeah, think i would agree with you i think there's some trying so attempting. hard yeah 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 but it's but how do you how do you do that without invalidating the doctrine you're 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 stuck mm around the fact that i mean every almost every christian that i've met that is a practicing christian that bible is infallible it's the one true word from god there's no wiggle room in what was said we we can barely argue about translation you, you know yeah. and and so it's it's you're 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 stuck mm. you're absolutely stuck and you know you can make these amazing strides and and i we all have to pick what works for us in our faith. Like, and I don't, I don't have any ill will towards Christianity at this point in time in my life. It just doesn't work for me. Mm. Like I cannot be in that structure. Mm. So, you know, if you can, and you can make it a better place for people stay there, be, be there, make it a better place. But man, if, if you can't, there's a point where you just have to come to terms that there's other things out there for you. It might be Buddhism. It might be Islam. It might be Hinduism. It might be Sikh. It might be anything. And we mm. get so caught up on, on, oh, there can only be one way to mm. do it. If, and, and this is the thing that, that bothers me about any religion that says, oh, we're it and nothing else. Is that like you eliminate the possibility for anything else you're putting your ego first you're saying like no i'm correct i've chosen into the correct thing right. there's there's no room you become other mm. and and you put yourself at the top of being yeah. other and whether you want to to think good things about other people your your doctrine what you're following is telling you that you're superior mm. to other people mm. 
Wow. So wow. You're, you're opening a whole web of, of just, it's not right. Yeah. Like why can't, why can't people, any faith, like just go, man, this works for me and I love it so much. And you know, if you want to offer it to somebody, offer it. It's totally fine. But when they say, no, I don't want it. That's okay too. Like mm. I, that's the part that I, I still don't understand. <laughs> so I, I heard, um, there's, there's one guy in particular that I follow that, um, was a very devout Christian. He was, he was actually famous in a mega church and worship leader and recorded yeah. albums and all this kind of stuff, Christian albums and all that kind of stuff. And then he began to question a lot of things. And now he is a huge proponent of Buddhist thought and practice and, and mm. that sort of thing. Um, and, um, course has been through the ringer for that you know but oh i'm sure <laughs> but i think he kind of enjoys it too he's one of those <laughs> anyway um one of the things that um that he was saying because his whole journey has just been very interesting to me you know yeah um as an observer um but he talked about how um i mean to going back to something you said before that buddhism doesn't even have a god i mean it's like that's not a sen- yeah. that's not a important concept within buddhism but yeah but what he said, and I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts on this are, um, is that, however, Buddhism leaves room for any God you believe in. Like that, like that there, and it almost sounded to me like Buddhism is a practice that, that kind of is, exists and that you can engage in regardless of what your, uh, your theology may be. Um, yeah. And I don't know if um, that, I mean, if, if, if there's any part of that's, if that's a complete, like if, I, if that's a swing and a miss on my part, or is that? No, no, not at all. I think that, um, yeah, absolutely. You can combine Buddhism with whatever you want to, right? Like it's because of, because of, kind of the the teachings because it, it can have a philosophical sort of standpoint um probably one of the best things that i heard uh as an example of like is buddhism a religion is that like the difference between buddhism being a religion and a philosophy is you uh-huh. like you you choose for it to be your religious practice yeah. um I get a little uptight about uh, just the way that um, mindfulness and meditation has kind of been co-opted, Got uh, it. Yeah. you know, cause I think we can kind of get into some uh, appropriation sure. <laughs> topics sure. about that. But at the same time, you know, meditation, uh, if that works for you is a wonderful practice and yeah, you can a hundred percent meditate and be a Christian like Buddhism does not ask for your supreme devotion uh you know especially if you're talking general buddhism and not a specific school of buddhism um you know i i know jodo shinshu buddhists that practice jodo shinshu and zen Mm. and and that that works for them i think that the problem with mixed practice you know across the board in general is it can get kind of confusing Mm. So, you know, if you're, if you're going to have one faith system, that's your kind of theology, you believe that 
like this is your ethics what you build your ethics off of or um or this is what you think is going to happen to you when you die like like those sorts of of things um and then you want to kind of sprinkle in little pieces of of what you would consider buddhist philosophy in there's fine there's nothing wrong with that i do think that you miss out on what buddhism has to offer Mm -hmm. uh by just kind of cherry picking what works for you uh but that's but that's me that's that's my path yeah but sooner or later something would have to give too i mean sooner or later if you want it to i mean when i mean it you know in I would say specifically within Christianity, which is at least with, with current interpretations. And I'm not, I think there's, I oh, think yeah. there's a huge difference in original intent. You know, I mean, I could even yeah, absolutely. have conversations about how, you know, there's a whole period of Jesus's life that's missing and he right. comes on the scene and some of the things that he's saying, he sounds to have been influenced by the Buddha. You know, it's like, yeah, whether he's a mythical creature, you know, and he didn't really exist and whoever is writing him is, you know, is, is putting this into the picture or whether he is an actual historical figure there, there seems to be, or a conglomeration of multiple people. There there seems to be, I mean, I think it's hard to say that there wasn't at least an Eastern influence there. Right. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's possible. Yeah. Like it's completely possible. Um, that wasn't really the point I was <laughs> to get into. I don't want to put you in that position. Um, That's okay. <laughs> but, uh, but I would say that it, it, with modern Christianity, at least, you know, anybody who tries any kind of amalgamation of the two at some point in time, find Christianity balking at, at the, yeah, your problem isn't going to be on the other yeah, side. Yeah. It's, that's what, I guess that's yeah, what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I have people that come to our temple that are um, they're combining Christianity. They're combining Hinduism. They're combining different schools of Buddhism and they are just as welcome as the people who are practicing solely Jodo Shinshu. Yeah. My, and this is, and this is honestly what I tell people is that the only person at the temple that needs to be a hundred percent all in Jodo Shinshu is me. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm, I'm the one that's responsible for making sure that I'm doing my work to learn the teachings sure. properly and teach them properly. And I'm not going to bring in Christianity. I'm not going to bring in Hinduist teachings and those things. Like the things that come from the Dharma talks that we give are going to be Jodo Shinshu. And but, there are people for that. Exactly. Yeah. And and but that's but that's it. Yeah. Like, do I want? Do I think that your life would be simpler <laughs> and and uh, and and better served by by following Jodo Shinshu and being all in? Absolutely, because that's my experience. Sure. But that's not your experience. Yeah. So who am I to say, like, oh, just because this works for me, it has to work mm. for you. That's that's not right. Mm. That's not right. But I also think that if you stay long enough, like you're gonna get to the point where you're so frustrated with everything else and that you see the Dharma working in your life. Yeah. That you you see 
the teachings, the things that that we're sharing, that you're going to see them there. Yeah. That's that's my only job is to is to hope that what I'm sharing with you connects with your experience yeah, yeah. and that you and that you want to delve further into Jodo Shinshu because it works for yeah. you. But if you want to combine other practices, that's not my business. Yeah. Like the only time it might be my business is if like you talk to me about it and you're confused because you're combining like two or three different sure. practices. Sure. And then I'm going to say to you, like, uh, you're confusing yourself. Can you simplify yeah. it? You know, but it's your choice to decide where that simplification comes from. Mm. I'm not going to strong arm you into it. <laughs> what good does that do? You, you walk out the door, you see me for maybe like maybe a couple hours on a Sunday, and then you're going to go live life yeah. and you're going to experience your life every day. Like, so you have to do what works for you. Mm. And you have to do what will help you make the best of this life. Mm, mm. Cause you only like, we, we have this, uh, this, this thing that, that we recite that talks about like, um, hard is it to be born into human life? Mm. And if you, and it goes back to those causes and conditions, think about what it took for your parents to come together to have, you as a child and for all of your experiences back that up further your grandparents mm. your great-grandparents your great-great-grandparents all of those causes and conditions infinium come down to you being you all of mm. your experiences make you who you are you take one of those experiences away and you're a slightly different person and that's the other piece of it too is that like you and i are not the same people right now that we were at the beginning of this conversation we're constantly changing and our causes and conditions play a role mm. in that so you have to do what is best for you to make the the, the best use of this life right mm. now wow and then we add on to that waking up every day grateful mm. grateful that i have another day to try to figure it out mm another day to try to do better, another day to express my thankfulness for the people that help me get through the day, for the things that I consume that nourish my body, for the roads that I drive on, for the grocery store clerk. So then all of the things, as they start to pile up and we start to recognize and think mm -hmm. about them, we just naturally then want to do things like wear a mask yeah. when we go out. Yeah. Because we actually care about the people around us and not ourselves. Wow. wow. You know, yeah. like it starts to it starts to change who you are as a human being. Yeah. And then when stuff gets bad again and you flip somebody off on the freeway, <laughs> like you're able instead of like sitting in that in pain, feeling like a bad person, you get to go, Oh, that wasn't a very kind thing to do. I I need to do better next time. But I but I'm learning. I'm learning. And that's, you know, like, it's just, that's, I think that that in Buddhism is what we're, we're striving for. Mm. I, I call it a re religion of don't be a dick. <laughs> like, like, because, you know, ultimately, 
like if you're if you're if you understand what has been given to you then like why would you want to move through life hurting other people mm. hurting the environment hurting animals like you know, I, I, I eat meat currently. I've, I've gone through, you know, stages of vegetarianism sure. where I feel bad about eating meat. And, you know, it's, it's again, it's practicing that gratitude. Mm. Being respectful of, of what I'm mm. eating. You know, mm. like, like it's, it, it, starts, it starts to trickle into all facets of your life. There's no part of life that, that isn't touched by what you're talking about. Correct, yeah. yeah. Well, Melissa this is this has been incredible um and uh i mean i my mind is like i've, I've got tons more <laughs> questions for you but i've already kept you longer than i've kept any guest now <laughs> no no worries that's okay but it's just our excuse to go have it beer, totally so. is and uh and i'm totally going to take you up on that at some point in time absolutely and, um not just to to learn more of your life, but got to meet Becca now. You have to meet Jess, yes, you know, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. and just to keep, you know, talking about these things. Um, and because yeah. it's, it's just, um, I, there's, there's something like that is just so, um, like feels like freeing about what you're talking about. Um, and, yeah. and I think, and I want to hear your journey. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always downplay my own, you know, cause yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is, this is my life is hearing other people's stories. Yeah. I'm like, nah, there's time later, later, you know, so, but for now, um, again, I just want to, I just want to say a huge thank you for, for agreeing yeah. to, to join me. And, and I am, you know, in line with what you're talking about, I am so grateful for you and I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to really to get to know you in this environment and looking forward to getting to know you even more. So, so thank uh, you thank so, you much so much for being a guest. That. Thank you. Oh yeah. Thank you. And you know, and, and I'd say too, like, I think part of the, the thankfulness that I feel even is, you know, having an opportunity after, you know, pretty lengthy time to kind of go beginning, uh, you know, to, yeah. to where I'm at now. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, that has its own kind of healing piece to it. So, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity to get to do that with you. So thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Thanks. All again. right. <laughs> Thanks. All right. We'll see you.